You can support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Osa Cardona, and I'm joined by Lara Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. Hello. Now, as some of you may or may not know, we have a Disney podcast on the Geek Therapy Network called The Happiest Pod on Earth. It is, it's it's like Lara and I's baby, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's, you know, it's Disney special. And really, uh, we, we cover all sorts of Disney stuff in the same way that we kind of talk generally about, you know, geek culture here. And really, there's only one person that is not allowed on that show ever mm-hmm. on our blacklist. On our blacklist, yeah. And that's and that's Lauren Keller. It's me. Yeah. I'm on yeah. the blacklist. Yep, you're the only it's one. It's me, Link. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and the so, criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Lauren, you found the loophole. I did. I'm going to make you guys talk about Disney with me here on this podcast that is not about Disney, but we're going to make it about Disney. And not only are we going to make it about Disney, but we're going to make it about Disney and death. Bum, 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 bum. Welcome to Link Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, it's you all the time. Whatever you want. <laughs> so this is this is your week, your topic. Uh, where, where are you taking us on Disney and death? What are we What are we talking about? Okay, so this is um, something that I uh, that we've talked about before, where we've talked about how you know uh, a lot of Disney movies from when we were kids were really important to us. And I know um, Laura, you have talked about specifically uh, the existence of Disney films with dead parents and how that was really meaningful for you when you Mm -hmm. were dealing with the loss of your mom. And, um, so that's always sort of been something that's in the back of my head. Um, but more recently as I've been doing research for my dissertation, I came across a couple of research articles about, um, death representation in Disney and Pixar films, which I thought were really interesting. And then one of my favorite YouTubers, Caitlin Doty from Ask a Mortician, posted a three-part Disney and death series where she talked about Walt Disney and the history of Disneyland um, in the parks. And uh, m- more recently, um, you know, how how uh, the the culture of Disney has always sort of been connected to death, um, even though the focus has always been, you know, the happiest place on earth. Uh, turns out death is part of that. Of the happiest place on earth? Yeah, it turns out you can't have the happiest place on earth without a little morbidness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's that's basically this. All of this stuff was really interesting to me, and I um, I wanted to talk with you guys about it. And um, I figured you probably wouldn't let me talk about it on the happiest pod on earth. So um, I, I like like you said, Josue, I found a loophole. So we're going to talk about it now here. Ha ha! Just to spite you, Lauren. Like next week, we'll record our own death in Disney episode yep me me and Josue the betrayal (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is this is a super uh what's the word um like relevant conversation to the latest Pixar film onward 
I haven't seen it yet, but I believe that there it's definitely a big theme in that movie. I, right? I have seen it, and it's a definitely a big theme. Like, yeah. Okay. The theme. <laughs> the theme. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good choice, Lauren. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I have not. I have not seen Onward yet, but I did watch um, Coco when it came out a couple of years ago, and that is very uh, death focused. Um, <laughs> yeah, and not yeah. only is it death focused, it's specifically uh, Mexican culture and and how yeah. um, like those uh, rituals occur and and those sets of cultural beliefs about about death and dying, and um, it's really cool. It's very really death cool to positive, get to see that. which is oh, your yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Death positive, for sure. Coco yeah, is yeah. definitely that. Coco's so good. Coco is good. So Okay, so start? so did you did you guys watch the um the Kaylin Doty videos I sent you? I watched I the videos. Not. I did. Oh, I did Thank homework you, and you didn't? I didn't know that there were videos that we had to watch. Lauren I didn't see posted them. On the them I didn't see them on the Slack. I'm okay. so sorry. Also, I've I didn't read the before. article because it would not let me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I realized I one of them. <laughs> one of the articles was behind a paywall, which I yeah, I apologize yeah. for. But the other one um, should be accessible for for yeah. most people. But um, yeah, they're they're uh, the, the like I said before, Caitlin Doty's YouTube channel, Ask a Mortician, um, and she did th- three parts three-part series i think they're all like 12 to 14 minutes long so not too long um but they're very cool because she talks about um walt disney's life um he was born in 1901 and um he was was always sort of obsessed with with death um you can see that from from really early disney works um like the, the skeleton dance, I think that came out in 1924, which is one of my favorite. Oh, I love it. Disney cartoons. I loved it as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess the the thing behind that is when Disney, uh, when Walt Disney was like uh, a younger kid, like seven or eight, um, he saw an owl <laughs> like outside and grabbed it, and then it scared him, so he threw it on the ground and killed it. And like that, that's one of the the main focal points in the skeleton dance is the scene with the owl hoo-hooing in front of the the moon and everything. So that's very much tied to his own personal experiences. Um, but then later on, when he was like a you know a young adult, he <laughs> I guess he and his friends went somewhere and got like uh, I don't know some sort of psychic reading. And um, this person told him, told Walt Disney that he was going to die by age 35. And he became obsessed with this idea of um, leaving some sort of legacy. He really wanted to have an impact past his own life. And so um, he he got married and he desperately wanted to have kids. And his wife had a bunch of miscarriages. And eventually they had a daughter and then adopted another daughter. And... Um, he he was just really really obsessed with this idea of having, you know, a legacy, and uh, to tie back to the uh, the dead parents talk when when Walt Disney like finally started popping off, he's real rich. One of the first things he did is he bought his parents a home, um, which accidentally caught fire and caused his mother to die, 
And he always blamed himself for that. And so that's why you see in a lot of, especially the Mm -hmm. the classic Disney movies, there are specifically dead moms because that was. Yeah. So, yeah, you can see from a lot of those early movies that that, you know, dealing with specifically a parent dying, specifically your mother dying and how that impacted him. And he worked that out through his arts. Um, which mm-hmm. is which is really interesting, but that continued into um, as uh, Disneyland was being built and eventually opened in um, 1955. Um, there's all sorts of death aspects in in the uh, in the park. There's um, more like traditional carnival attractions. Um, and like ghost trains, where it's like you're sitting in a, in a little car seat and you go through um, a series of rooms that tell a story. And a lot of those will have some sort of aspect of death in them, um, including like uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. You you go to hell in that ride. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And Pinocchio even and Snow White. And I mean, the Pinocchio when he do don't die, but you do get eaten by a whale. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. Well, that's story um, plan. But never mind. <laughs> yeah, and then um from so the the Disneyland Park opened in 1955. From the beginning, Walt Disney had planned the Haunted Mansion. Um but it took over 15 years to actually build it. And there's this really cute clip um from when <laughs> he he's doing some sort of interview and he's got a model of what he wanted the haunted house to look like the haunted mansion to look like and he's talking about how like oh well you know there's no ghosts in here yet but we're you know we're doing our our best work now to collect ghosts from all over the world to bring them here to live it's just really cute um there was also mm-hmm. supposed to be a whole uh secret catacombs underneath Disneyland, which would have served to be um, a connection from the Haunted Mansion. And there was supposed to be like a graveyard and a crypt. And then it was supposed to have like uh, the catacombs underneath would, you know, be another way to get across the park. Um, And yeah, it was supposed to be a connection for Tom Sawyer's Island and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. So that was really cool. Yeah. But but what, what made it different from like the other underground stuff? Well, it was it was going there's no yeah yeah like there's no you you can go the underground stuff like the pirates of the caribbean and the and the haunted mansion because disneyland doesn't have any other underground stuff yeah it's disney world that i'm thinking disney world has all the disney world has more underground stuff but that also sort of makes sense when you compare uh west coast and east coast we i mean we have earthquakes on this coast, so we don't have as Wanna many. Want to be buried under- underground? Yeah, no, <laughs> not as many underground structures over here. But yeah, I think it was so cool. The only thing that's remaining of those catacombs, which you can still see in Disneyland, is there is an an arch um, that was going to be like the entrance in there, which I think is so cool because it's not like really marked or anything. So it's one of those things that you have to be looking for. Uh, but it's really cool. I I think that's super neat. And uh, another thing that I learned from from Caitlin Doty's videos is that um, there's been this this you know long term myth, <clears throat> sorry myth about how on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride there are real skeletons, 
And it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Turns out that's totally true. Um, The reasoning being back in the 40s, 50s, um, fake skeletons like plastic or or plaster skeletons, they just looked really bad. They they didn't look realistic. And so apparently um, (laughs) Disneyland talked to UCLA, who at the time did not have um, a super ethical group of people running their body labs, but UCLA donated a bunch of real human skeletons to the ride, and they put them in there, and it wasn't until several decades later that finally someone's like, um, this is maybe wrong, and they uh, supposedly took all of the real human remains and returned them to, you know, their families um, or, you know, wherever they needed to go. But there are a few that they couldn't, um, either they couldn't figure out who they belonged to or it just wasn't possible to um, get them out of the ride, Uh, which is my favorite example. When you are on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, you can still see this yourself. In uh, one room, there is this big giant bed and in the... um, the headboard, there is a real human skull. That is a real human skull in there. That is somebody's actual head in there. It's dope. I yep. love that stuff. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. Yeah, and so um, Caitlin Doty also talked about uh, more recent aspects of, of Disneyland and Disney World and uh, death aspects. One of the big problems is that Disneyland is one of the top places for people to illegally scatter ashes. Um, It turns out a ton of people like us have an emotional connection to Disney or even more specifically Disneyland as as a place where you spent time with your family or your friends. Uh, You know, people do honeymoons there and and all sorts of things. It's, It's a very meaningful place. And so a lot of times people were like, well, you know. Aunt Jenny took me to Disneyland when I was seven, and I really loved her. And we went, you know, um, <laughs> we loved to go on rides together. And so I'm going to sneak a little bit of ashes in, and I'm going to dump them on that ride, and it'll be great. Um, if you have been to Disneyland and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or the Haunted Mansion was closed, and you couldn't really figure out why it was closed... It's probably because somebody had dumped ashes in there. They always close the rides for that, and they they don't talk about it. Um, But more likely than not, for those two rides specifically, they get a lot of ashes dumped in them. The other common place is um, in the bushes during firework shows, which is, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think maybe that's a little bit (laughs) more disturbing for me because there are gardeners who are then like, oh, those are... Those are human ashes versus like dumping them in the chlorinated Pirates of the Caribbean pool water (laughs) where it's like nobody has to actually deal with them. But anyways, yes, one of those things you don't think about. But lots of people like to spread ashes at Disneyland and Disney World. I've I've definitely tried to scoop out some places. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Thank you for admitting that. Oh, definitely yes. tried. I would never do it on a ride, though, ever. Like, I don't want it blowing in people's faces. 
and getting sucked <laughs> up in a vacuum. Like, yep. I don't know. So that was my that biggest would... fear when you were talking about that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I'm like, hmm, maybe somewhere by Thunder Mountain, just like on the side, not on the ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I when I moved to Chicago, the the day after I was here, I went to see a talk by. Let me see if I if I can pronounce her name correctly. Um, Don't butcher it. I'm. Uh, it's it's a Russian name, so I'm not sure. Okay. Do your best. If I'll do it. If I'll do it justice, yeah, I think it's Mikhaila Myhlova, I think, and it was about the ideologies present in. In, anim- in computer animated films. So she used two Disney movie examples. And what she was trying to say was that uh, in in these movies, she presented uh, like progressive movies or movies that are known for having progressive messages. But she was talking about the fact that the people who made the things have the, these ideologies that they may not even necessarily be trying to put into the movie, but because it's their worldview, it is it is present there somehow. So, you know, you're, when you're talking about Walt Disney and the fact that apparently, and I didn't know any of that stuff about about his mother or or you know all of that stuff and and his connection to death. Like, I hope there's a book or something about that. Like, I wanna, I know there's videos that I didn't watch, but I like I want to know more about about this. There's several biographies. There's, yeah, I think I've read something somewhere. So, yeah, but do yeah. they talk about this aspect of it? I don't know. Like Obviously, I just saw the imaginary like story, and I thought I knew everything about like the creation of Disney World. And there's not a single mention of right. of of death, or even not even like an interest in death. Right? Like it sounds like it may have been a fascination, or or maybe not so much an obsession, but it was like it was on his mind, and yeah. he wanted it to be a part of everything that he was creating. So it's so interesting to think about that—the fact that it that it is there right like if you once you start pointing it out it's like oh i didn't i didn't know that or and i especially didn't know why mm-hmm. that's super interesting yeah hmm. do you know if or have you i don't know if it's in the videos if uh it became like a mandate or if it became something that like just became there was like a cultural like you know like Five percent of our movie has to deal with death. Like we need to mention it or bring it up somehow, while he was like after he passed away, or or even while he was alive. I I, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I mean, think we, we, it's we a have theme to, in general. Yeah, like we have death. to keep in mind that yeah. a lot, a lot of stories, um, especially stories that we tell to children, um, it is very, very common for our main character to be some flavor of orphan, and the main reason for that is you don't want things tying your character back. You need something to push your character forward towards whatever conflict is going on and, and, and everything. And so in a lot of cases, the easiest way to do that is you make it so they don't have really any prior connections to their, their current state. They don't have parents. They don't have a home, those kinds of things. It's it's a very typical storytelling thing, and it's not just Disney's thing. But I do think by, by looking at all of his early work, you can see, especially with the the dead moms specifically, that that it was something that meant something to him. And of course, you know, none of these movies were just made by Walt Disney. 
of course, they're made by teams of hundreds of people and, and other people are, I'm sure, putting their own feelings about death and dying and the loss of parents um, into that work, but uh, definitely framing it in this way where we're able to look at some of <clears throat> the major events in Walt Disney's life that sort of led him to be I keep saying obsession, but you're right. I don't think obsession is the right word, but definitely um, an ongoing fascination. A fascination, an ongoing interest in in how death is a part of life. That you can't you can't have a full idea of life if you don't accept that death is a part of it. I think that's a, a really powerful thing from from Disney. The Geek Therapy Network and all of our projects are made possible by the supported listeners like you. You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month and gain access to exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stories, swag, and more. Sign up at any tier and we'll send you a welcome kit in the mail anywhere in the world to celebrate your first month. Thank you so, so much for supporting us. We couldn't do it without you. You can learn more at patreon.com slash geektherapy. So for I, I've heard from Lara about how influential or how... I don't know, like, like, tell us again, Laura, like how, like Disney movies, how did they help you process death? And do you know other people for whom it was the same way? And, and Lauren, I want to hear the same from you because like, for me, I don't associate Disney movies with, um, like helping me talk about that. Not that I remember other than like Bambi making me so sad that I, that I, I, never I don't watch it Bambi. again. Yeah. I, I, can't. I don't watch Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is my least favorite. I would, yeah, it's my least favorite Disney movie. Hmm. I, don't, I won't watch it. Because um, of this? No, I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, partly. Um, I mean, the the scene where Bambi's mother is shot and killed is a very traumatic scene for a child. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, that's only one scene. Like, the rest of the movie is fairly similar to other stories that Disney has where you're dealing with the loss of a parent and you're kind of, you're an orphan. You're, and then he's trying to build a relationship with his dad. But if we're going through my story for the hundredth time, <laughs> um, my mom had a very, uh, she had an obsession and I will say obsession with Disney. Um, we would go to Disneyland every year. We would go see the new Disney movie every time it came out. Um, and I mean, I was a kid at the time, so yeah, we had Disney stuff around all the time, but there are other kids' movies and things, but Disney was where it was at. Like, we had all the soundtracks to everything. She collected coffee mugs. It's It was a thing. It was a thing in our house. Um, and so I kind of have, and my sister too, we've kind of both turned Disney into our way of connecting with our mom. Um, and so we m continue to make family pilgrimages to, to Disneyland. And like, we don't necessarily like talk about it. Like we're going to Disneyland so we can be close with mom, but there is this feeling of like, that is where we go to like, remember her. Um, and Disney movies along the way, I cry like a baby every time someone loses somebody in a movie, but it's in a way that feels cathartic and it feels good. Like, I feel like rather than being stuck and sad, I feel like I am moving forward through it. Um, 
The Lion King was the last Disney movie that my mom ever saw, and it is my favorite Disney movie because it's the best Disney movie. Um, uh. Yes, yes, it is the best Disney movie. I will die on that hill. Um, but I, I, th- I think that movie in particular, like, it's not even, and I've said this before, it's not even Simba's father dying in that movie. It is his reaction that mm-hmm. gets to me. It is his, like, somebody, anybody, help. I, Dad, wake up, like, not knowing what's going on. And I think I really connected to that um, after I lost my mom. Wow, I'm getting choked up. (laughs) Um, But ever since then, it's been, and this is one of those moments where it's, like, a kind of a happy thing. I feel like I'm moving through it. Um, And I did just see Onward, which is all about death and all about kids trying to deal with the loss of a parent. Um, One of them who never even met his father, which is a whole other experience. And that whole thing cried like a baby. I love it so much. I suggest people see it. I suggest people who are trying to understand that particular experience, losing a a parent when you're so young. Um, Because I lost my mom when I was 11 these kids are supposed to be somewhat like a newborn and like, I don't know, he was probably like three or four. So very different experience from mine, but it was so good. Um, But yeah, anytime anyone dies in a movie, especially a Disney movie where they put that music and they, they get you feeling the feels. It's like this release of like, sometimes things I think I'm holding inside um, even to this day. So, hmm. I love Disney. Thank, th- <laughs> thank you, Disney, for helping me process my grief. What about for you, Lauren? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. Hmm. Actually, hmm. I do. I do. I have a great example here. Um, one of my, maybe my favorite Disney movie is Fantasia. I love Fantasia. I loved it as a kid. Um, but when I was young, I would always fast forward through the part with the dinosaurs um, because it scared me. And I realize now that what scared me was the way that it portrayed dying as being painful and uh, drawn out, um, watching, you know, watching them die from lack of water or watching the t-rex eat the um whatever the the plated guys are called with the spiky tails i forget um but i I it's like but those are cool yeah it's like i was i was like six seven and i would fast forward through the dinosaur part but i loved uh death death on bald mountain the one with the demon the who, Chernabog? Yeah, who stands up out of the mountain and then everything is covered in skeletons and dancing imps and is explicitly about death. Skeleton ghosts are coming out of graves and everything. I loved that. I loved that shit. So it's like, as I think about it now as an adult, is clearly there was a distinction for me between dying, which was scary, and death, which was okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I definitely remember getting real upset with like fox and the hounds and that has some uh death in it and and stuff like that but yeah i definitely think fantasia is probably the big one that got me 
you know, thinking about death and dying and how those are connected, but, but separate things. And, um, yeah, I haven't thought about that in a long time. (laughs) Huh? Now, now that I think about it, like what, what I wanted to make sure that we touched on in this episode is the fact that because these movies are so beloved, because they make us feel so hard, uh, like there is, that we build, we have a relationship with death through these movies. Mm-hmm. And as I was trying to think of a personal example, I realized I don't have a connection between a death in a Disney movie or or any movie and real life because I've honestly never really had anyone super close to me pass away. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first death that hit me hard uh, was my dog Lobo when I was like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I, I still like, that was, we had to put him down because he was just very sick. And that, that was like the first, my first real life experience with death. Animals are like the same as people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, and uh, like I, yeah, I believe you. You're not alone in that. I, I yeah, feel like yeah. a lot, a lot of people, their introduction, like you'll see death especially and dying. Kids. Yeah, especially in kids. Like you'll see death and dying on, in the media, but it doesn't really mean anything until you have that experience of either uh, a close family member dying or a pet. <laughs> like those, you can also do it with plants. It works, but it's not quite as impactful. Um, but kids kids will learn from that like legitimately yeah but uh what what i'm trying to say is that i do have a relationship with death and it's through the disney movies like Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't feel like when my dog died it was it was the first death uh, the first death i'd ever experienced i even though it's not the same i was exposed to it through these movies and i Mm -hmm. felt them and I mean, I'm the type of person that cries in a commercial, right? Like I, like I, <laughs> I, I start watching something and I feel it hard. I'm playing a video game and I, like, I lose myself in there, right? Like I am mm-hmm. so, so in there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't want to lose. Like I don't want to get hurt because like it's, it becomes real to me. And when I watch a movie, that is, I'm transported to that world and I'm feeling what these characters are feeling. And the death of my dog was the first real one, but it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like overwhelming. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't feel new necessarily. And I think it's because I had some practice. You'd right? felt it before. Yeah. I'd felt a version of it before, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as like, I'm not going to argue with anybody about what's real and what's not. But I can tell you that my experience was such that I felt like I had felt lost before. And when I think about it, like probably the most meaningful and most uh, impactful losses that I had felt were in The Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. Were in these movies that I loved. And like, like The Lion King, that's it's so hard, right? But it's also, it also has like this, this wonderful part where he's able to talk to, to Mufasa again, right? Later in the movie. And like, he lives in mm-hmm. you and all of these ideas, right? That, that come through. But, Every time I watch that movie, which again, I watched it over and like it used to be my favorite Disney movie. So I watched it so many times. And do you get chills when you hear the Wildebeest Stampede song? Yeah, yeah. I do. 
I know. That's when I mean, the tears start coming. <laughs> when I saw that on Broadway, holy shit, on Broadway, that was like, it was, oh, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it's a hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to explain how they did that and how they like recreate that, that feeling. And, oh, but I mean, but it, it's so important, right? Because as kids, right, we may not have a death experience until much later. And, but it's like, it's like, it's, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to say it's exposure therapy necessarily, right? But it's definitely you're being exposed to the idea and possibly even to the feelings if if mm-hmm. you're connected to those characters. So I think that that loss is, I mean, I know, right? Like I've, I've talked to other people, I've had clients, I've experienced it personally, but I've also know other people, right? That it's it's like that that did help them process or even learn about, I mean, obviously there's the learning part, but I think that there's the the experiential part of actually mm-hmm. feeling some sort of loss. And well, I don't I, know, I'm not, I don't know how prepared someone is by mm-hmm. watching like 50 Disney movies right? <laughs> where in each one someone dies. But I would, I would argue that there is some sort of um, like resilience or preparation that, that does happen through that. Yeah. I would agree. I think the same kind of thing happens. I've worked with kids who they're like, say their family pet dies Actually, I've not worked with a couple of kids who had a lot of family pets like die like because they all got the animals at the same time. So then <laughs> animals die around the same age and watching their parents and how their parents react to the death helps them figure out what they should be doing and how they should be feeling. And so the same kind of thing can be said, like you see someone die in a Disney movie, you can see like okay, they're sad and this is kind of, they worked through it like this and there's this. So like, there is that, like, you can watch it and be like, okay, this isn't completely foreign territory. It may not be the same because no two people grieve the same way, but it's there. You have some kind of knowledge of it at least. Yeah. And the connection isn't as deep or as prolonged, right? Like, 30 minutes that we knew Mufasa is very different from the years. You feel like you've, but it feels like you have known Mufasa forever (laughs) in that moment when you see him falling off the cliff. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're supposed to, you know, be empathizing with Simba in that part. You are Simba and you are watching your parent die. Um, and being unable to do anything like that that is why so many people connect with it is they they've already gotten to the point where they have um connected themselves emotionally to these the main character i find it interesting that so many people say the death of bambi's mother was so traumatizing you don't see it on the screen you hear a gunshot and they there's not that much of like Deal, you don't see her again. Mufasa's death, you see him physically murdered. You like see him falling. You see the af- direct aftermath, right? You see him falling and, in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> yelling like, no. <laughs> and then you see the whole rest of the movie is Simba's direct grief. And you see Mufasa yeah. again. And like, but people like that. And they watch it over like, Oh, you just said that you've watched that movie over and over and over again. I've watched that movie yeah. over and over and over again, but we've only watched Bambi once and never want to see it again. 
which that now makes me think we should and we should talk about it. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is an interesting point, especially when you're talking about kids is, you know, we we tend to expect kids to not get a lot of stuff. You know, they're young, their brains aren't fully formed, they don't have enough experiences, whatever. But you two talking and, and this has been my experience, too, is um, sometimes less is more is like kids pick up on how traumatizing it is that Bambi's mom dies, even if it is off screen, you don't see the violence, but it's still super duper impactful to the point that both of you guys are like, I don't want to watch that still, (laughs) even though it's been, I assume, several decades since you watched it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And even like, I know the the music from that movie, like the the drip, drip, drop, little April showers. I don't like that song. I like Disney music. I love it. I don't like that song. I don't understand. Other than like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm sad just thinking about it. Yeah, 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 hmm. yeah. yeah. Hmm. But I like all the other older Disney movies. Well, it's, I mean, maybe this yeah. is just. I mean, th- this that we're talking about now is about how you package it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're okay. We we. It would be great, right, if more people talked about death and were open to uh, just just talking about it, seeing it, discussing it, mm-hmm. being open to everything about it. Like my, my grandmother on my mom's side was so death averse. She would never talk about it. She would never talk about her own death. She would never talk about anybody else's. She would just shut down, like literally like her face would just shut down and she would look away until you change the subject. She would not talk about death at all. And, and I don't know, like if we, maybe she only saw Bambi or movies like Bambi, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like, like we, we've, we've seen it so much that we can, we could go Disney movie by Disney movie and talk about different forms of death and different ways that people died or the, or the outcomes or the effect and what was left afterwards and different, um, like, processions and funerals and and rituals and so Mm -hmm. many different things that we learned and maybe with the exception of bambi because we like the packaging right like there's there's a lot there's a lot to love about about lion king right there's so much about it but you're right it's like oh yeah it's it's about a son grieving his father's death Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really what the movie's all about but the packaging allows us to do that and i guess like again like disney disney movies are are disney movies right like i don't i'm sure that this kind of you know that death happens in probably most movies right like almost every single one but not all movies are as special as as disney movies Hmm. yeah i mean Hmm. the thing with disney and and Hmm. you know this is just an important parentheses around this whole conversation is that Disney is very representative of of American culture and our relationship with death and our tendency to uh, speak around death. Um, And, and, you know, as we're talking about this, I, I think that is the biggest benefit is like we have these, you know, generations of children and family movies that you know our parents watch that we watch that you know the next generation uh, our kids will watch this is something that we have in common this is a thread that ties us together that we can reference and use as a starting point for talking about things like death that we might tend to normally avoid um 
especially especially with kids because the the typical response is people want to protect kids and and death is scary and we can't protect them from it so instead of processing that fear and talking with them about it anyways we kind of just avoid it and so having media like this that's explicitly intended for them to consume is such a great way for them to be all like hey what is that and have you know parents and caregivers be able to use that as a starting point for conversations um I do I do want to sidetrack to what you were talking about before, Josue, about all of the, the different kinds of deaths. And um, one of these research articles that I, I linked is specifically a content analysis of the deaths in, in Disney films. They were looking at um, character status, so whether the person who died was um, a, a hero, a villain, or a uh, supporting character. They looked at uh, the depiction of death. So if it was violent, if it was on screen um, or off screen, that kind of aspect, the death status, that would be if they stayed dead. Um, (laughs) uh, And then um, emotional reaction. So how the other characters responded to the death and then causality, which is looking at specifically in the instances of when um, characters die by accident versus on purpose. Um, and so for the the death status and the emotional reaction and the causality, a lot of those are related to the character status, which is whether they were a villain or not. So it's like in a lot of movies, when the villain dies, we're all happy about it and we cheer and they don't show like typical grief or coping mechanisms used to process death because in that way, the the death is framed as as positive. Um, but there are lots of other examples in which um, that are, are a lot better for talking about death and dying, especially accidental stuff is a really great way to talk to kids. Um, it's just it's just a really, really good way to have children's media that addresses death. And it's not always on points. I mean, you know, I talked about the the permanence is not always there. And, um, you know, we, we were talking about Mufasa, uh, of the scene where he comes back and he's in the stars and he gives the pep talk to Simba. Like, that is an instance in where he came back, but then he didn't really come back. It was more spiritual aspect. But all of those things are really great way to engage children in those kinds of conversations of being like, oh, you know, why is it sad that, you know, uh, whoever's brother died, but it's not sad when the villain died? Like, why does that make you feel that way? Let's talk about that. And those kinds of things. I think it's I think it's just really important. Yeah, now that I think of it, Disney usually kills off its villains, doesn't it? Usually. Yeah. Yeah. They don't get locked up. They don't. They don't team up with the hero at the end. And I think there was something about usually the villain dies by like falling mm-hmm. or like they, a, a lot yeah. of times the the villain will die by accident, but in such a way that it's like their own fault basically. So that the the hero is and and that's more common in newer Disney films. In older Disney mm-hmm. films, they're more. Um, direct conflict like uh sleeping beauty where stabbing. where the print yeah the prince is straight up st- stabbing the witch but at least there she's a dragon yeah 
Yeah. I mean that makes it yeah. cooler, but um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you but know, like in me, Snow yeah. White, isn't it like the dwarves push like a tree or something, or like there's lightning? I don't know. There's a. Th- it's been a long time since I watched Snow White. Yeah, me too. I'm just remembering the ride in Disneyland. <laughs> um, yeah, but like say Lion King, which we talked about, like Simba doesn't kill scar he falls down and they imply that the hyenas come after him Mm -hmm. Um, exactly that and that's another one where it's like it's not directly shown it's it's off screen um but it's not the hero's fault even though that is the outcome (laughs) is positive for the hero but yeah um it's it's really interesting yeah did any did any of those deaths like from the analysis did any of them really stand out to you I'm just curious. Um, let me scroll down to the bottom of the article. Because there are a lot, like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't remember. It's don't been remember a long the, time the since I watched yeah. uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, too. But yeah. a lot of people talk about Frollo's death and mm-hmm. him falling. I don't even yeah. remember the bad guy in, in Hunchback. Oh, he is the creepiest motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's so many. So many. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Gaston falls, and then. Yeah. Uh, Syndrome. Ursula gets stabbed, deed. She gets stabbed. <laughs> by a boat. Syndrome from oh, The Incredibles right. gets sucked into the plane jet. You guys remember that? Ooh, ooh, yeah. In the first one? That's in the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a straight-up example that of the villain being killed, but not by the hero, by heavy quotes, accident. Like, default. Yeah, it's like proxy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there are, there are so many examples, but I do, like, we've talked about Lion King so much, and I feel like there's there's a reason why is because it is a really, really good example of being able to have these kinds of conversations. It is literally, I realized my favorite kids movie is literally about murder. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, like seriously. <laughs> well, like, like you said, how you said before it was, he's, he's grieving and there's this process and, and it, it happens in the, in the live action CG version also where like, he doesn't want to talk about it. And Timon and Pumbaa give him like I mean we we've gone into into yeah they give him permission to not talk about it yeah 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 and but eventually he does right and he faces it and yeah yeah I mean it's not about murder get out of here it is it's about <laughs> Scar murdered Mufasa I've never used that word with this but Scar murdered Mufasa he did murder him it's true he says I killed him nope you murdered him. Oh, here's, you know, we didn't talk about Up. I think that's a great example. That has a death in the very beginning. Okay. One of the greatest, oh. what, like four that minutes was, of silent storytelling. The first, like, yeah, I think it's I'm like hurting. four to seven minutes. Yeah. I'm so good. Perfection. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh. that movie is about a man, you know, dealing with grief. Yeah. 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 It's true. Like it's literally, um, I can't cope, so I'm I'm going to social isolate so hard that my my and house one of, will and fly one of away. The few, <laughs> and one of the few examples of like having an elderly person yeah. dealing with death. Yeah, yeah. That's another yeah. thing. Um, 
Ooh. this is maybe an asterisk on Disney is uh, and everything honestly media tends to show more entertaining entertainment angled death and so death representation in any medium is not realistic in the way of like how people usually die right if you like you just said Lara's like up actually has an example of an old person dying which is how mm-hmm. most people die <laughs> But I don't yeah. know if I can think of any other examples from a from a Disney movie Moana. or a Pixar. Moana, <gasps> Moana, Moana's dies. grandmother. Yes, that's a great yeah, example. Yeah, she gets both parents, but she loses her grandma, mm-hmm. who is the sweetest lady. And I actually that one I think hit that death hit me harder. That was a good one. A lot of that's because it's the best other, Disney movie. Other, no, no, no. <laughs> it hit me harder than anything except Mufasa's death. I think that one was. Yeah. Oh, I lo- I love her grandmother, and I love how she honors her grandmother throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah, and once again, her grandmother comes back in a way. <laughs> in a way, yeah, in yeah. This yeah. Like same Mufasa thing with um back. uh. Oh, fuck. Well, Coco's all about that, right? There's mm-hmm. a character I do not remember who, but there's a character in Princess and the Frog that does a similar thing where they they die, but then they come back as like a spiritual guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done that yeah, a couple of like, times. Coco's, Coco's all about that too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. one's about the great. What is she? Great grandma or great great grandma? She is. I great think, great grandma. I think she. Yeah. Great. No. The, gra- the greatest she, grandma. Who? Coco? She, grandma Coco? Yeah. yeah. Grandma Coco's just grandma. Really? Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's but then grandma. he gets to meet all great, the great, grandma. great, yeah, great yeah, grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, the movie's so good. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Disney. Well, all the feels. You got your loophole. Um, was there anything else that that uh, in your notes that you wanted to cover? Uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Well, I want to like we have a whole podcast that we yes, can do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, specifically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Specifically with me, <laughs> rude. <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, this when I was a kid, I don't think I knew. I probably didn't. I really didn't know the difference between a Disney movie and a not Disney movie for a long time. So, like, something to me, Land like, Before Time was a Disney movie. Land Before All Dogs Times. Go to Heaven was a Disney movie. Well, uh, are they are now, right? Is that what you're saying? Or yeah, they were well, well. I'm saying you thought they were they exactly, exactly, exactly. An American Tale, like all these movies. I was like, oh yeah, they're all Disney. Um, and they also like, yeah, Land Before Time and and All Dogs Go to Heaven, Fern uh, Gully, particularly Fern Gully. <laughs> all these other good ones that are not Disney. Now we're gonna have to make a whole new podcast this way. <laughs> yeah, no, Fern Gully is Fox, though, right? I'm pretty sure that I, one. I was think Fox. that one maybe, but yeah. the ones that are Universal are not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, like those those movies, I saw them. Also, oh, I saw I saw a TikTok the other day talking about the Brave Little Toaster. Lauren, did you send me that? Probably. No, I do. I Maybe. do love the Brave Little Toaster. 
Yeah, and Nina hates the Brave Little Toaster. Well, it's oh, funny you mean because the way it's scary. it makes everything it's in your scary. house alive, and then you're like, I can never throw away any electronic ever again in my life because it's like literally abandoning my child. Just me? Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's scary. To, it's just scary to her. <laughs> that is a scary movie. Oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, th- you know, there's lots of other examples, but I think again, like like I said before, the the way you package them. And I think that the Disney movies are just more special, more memorable. Maybe they just, you know, have better marketing. I don't know, but <laughs> they definitely. Anastasia is now a Disney movie and that one's sort of, really... no, I mean, that's. Yeah. They mm, bought it. Well. Mm-hmm. Weird. They bought it so they sort can make of. it a Broadway musical. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's, and it's such a good movie. I think that I've watched that more than any other movie that's not a Disney, like of the Disney non Disney movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I I like this conversation a lot because because we're all Disney fans. But Lauren, you mentioned before, like it's just it is a part of media. Have you have you studied how how often like has have there been any periods of time where death was less represented in media or more or has it always been pretty consistent is that something I think it's always been up? pretty consistent i mean like well okay here's like the easiest example in the whole world um maybe you've heard of a, a little fella called jesus christ but his story is about death, and people have talked about that for thousands of years and made art and sculptures and full murals and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I think death, you know what, my, my personal, this is getting, getting personal, this is my personal feeling, is that death is a part of life. Death is one of, awareness of our own death is one of the things that makes humans distinct from other animals is that we're aware that we'll cease to exist at some point and i think that because that is sort of a a baseline aspect of humanity that it shows up in all of our cultures in all of our arts throughout time i mean when you think about um like early early humans when when there were still you know, early hominid and Neanderthals around, a, a lot of the information we've found has been from grave sites. So it's like how how we think about and care about our dead is an integral part of culture. And so you're always going to see it reflected in media. You're always going to see somebody is processing their own mortality through whatever whatever means they have available to them sure uh but like recently we've talked about sex for example represented Mm -hmm. in media right and like there there are movies that like now it's less common to have a sex scene in a movie than it was you know like in the 80s and 90s for example and sure sure i think little kids like my like my niece and nephew i've watched so much tv with them and they watched a lot of stuff that has no death right that it's just it's that's it's not present and so i don't i don't know like i I haven't thought about it too much but i'm wondering if there have ever been times it's like no we're not we're not we're not touching death we're not talking about death or we're only doing it in a like 
there are ways like you can uh saving private ryan right a movie where like that that movie came out and people were like oh shit like people's guts are falling out of them right mm-hmm. that's super graphic that's one way to present uh war right that's mm-hmm. very different from people like getting shot and just like falling over <laughs> Right, which is how war was represented in movies when movies first started, right? Like there wasn't people weren't bleeding, people weren't getting dismembered. Star Wars chooses to, you know, have clean cuts. (laughs) Right. There's Mm -hmm. there's so many choices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like people can die and not die, you know, they just disappear or Mm -hmm. maybe they weren't human. So there's there's so many different ways that we can represent it or even avoid the subject altogether and in in popular media has it has it really changed and i mean i think uh, i think yes that it has changed but not in not in is death represented it's just how is death represented basically so you know like you touched on is like if it's more violent um versus you know leaving it to the viewer's imagination doing it off screen um those kinds of things having uh, you know, in in some media, explicitly having like open coffins for funeral scenes versus uh, I see more frequently in in modern media traditionally closed casket uh, funerals. It, 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 I think it ties back to what I said earlier about it's it's very much tied to our culture. So, um, depending on where and when a piece of media came from, would impact how how it shows death how it addresses death and whether that's you know straightforward i'm specifically talking about death or more metaphorical so i i mostly care about the processing of the death right like like in the lion king we it's simba's story dealing with the death and that's that's usually like what i'm most interested in but within death positivity is it like is it do we want to see more accurate portrayals of that like do you want to see people like shitting themselves and smelling and like <laughs> have, be, being in pain you know when they're when they're dying like there's it's just like the like when babies are born right on tv it's like they're all clean and there's no umbilical cord yeah. when people die it's super clean mm-hmm. super clean like 99% mm-hmm. of the time right it's like it's it's really it's, unless it's like you're not really a, it's not watching messy at all. yeah like horror unless you're watching a horror a, a gore yeah. horror flick or something yeah yeah uh or criminal minds i'm just this is <laughs> this is just curi- like my curiosity i think i think uh, i i can only really speak for myself but i i believe that the broader goal would be um not necessarily just more realism but it would be more everything so there would be more realism but there would also be more you know metaphorical um uh versions of talking about death there would be you know things that are focused on the dying part there would be things that are focused on you know after somebody has died coping with that there would be uh you know a ton of stuff specifically talking about grief and how you know how we move past a death and that kind of complicated stuff. and uncomplicated exactly grief. and so yeah. yeah for for death positivity the main point is to educate and destigmatize we're trying to Got get it. to the space where um 
ideally, you wouldn't have to sit down with your seven-year-old and watch The Lion King and then try and start a conversation about how uh, your grandma is dying and we're going to be going to see her at hospice next weekend and you can't go to your birthday party anymore. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but like, also... Uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I got distracted. Um, it, it It's... It's about getting to the space where everybody feels more comfortable about being able to talk about something that is inherently kind of uncomfortable for us is just trying to reduce the anxiety just a little bit. And and that comes from, like we said earlier on, practice. The more, you know, the more we see in media, the different ways that people cope with death, the different ways that people die, the different ways that people grieve, we have those, you know, they're not quote unquote real but to us, that is reference points for how we should behave and what we should do and what's expected of us in a given social situation around death. And so death positive uh, and for me, looking at death positivity through media examples is basically getting to the point where we we recognize when these things are happening in the media that we're consuming and being a little bit more aware of it and trying to get a little bit more comfortable about uh, wrestling with those ideas outside of media. Yeah, I, you know, I wish my grandmother would have been more comfortable talking about about death, and and my hope is that you know, our clients in therapy or our students, even friends and family, like they feel more comfortable talking about death because because we're exposed to it more often, and it's it it doesn't feel weird mm-hmm. to you know like yeah we we can talk about this character's death or this story that happened and hopefully that can translate into, okay, we need to talk about grandma. We need to talk about this that happened, a friend at school, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know that, you know, death and, and being sick has been on the news a lot lately and it's obviously been on my mind uh, lately with the coronavirus stuff. I don't know if we're going to talk about that sooner in the future. That was something that we, that came up in the Slack. I think that's kind of a, maybe interesting idea um but at the very least you know like even in our spaces right like if you're if you're have any thoughts about um you know dealing with this right now definitely reach out and um comment on 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 that talk about it uh maybe we'll talk about that soon also on the next uh episode of the happiest pot on earth lara and i will talk about uh, just Lara and I will talk about onward and <laughs> and and do a deep dive there. And on the next episode of Otaku Ryoho, our anime podcast, it's all about death and how your perspective of death influences how you live your life. This was a topic that I I presented on the show, and I I start by talking about uh, Dragon Ball Z and how those characters live their lives and take certain actions because of the rules of death that exist within that world. So I I hope we do you proud, Lauren. I cannot wait to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so this has been another episode of GT Radio. Thank you so much for for joining us. Definitely visit geektherapy.com for more geek therapy. Check the show notes for ways to contact us, links to our Discord forum and groups in different places. Reach out we 
we're talking about death in Disney here because we we think it's important for everybody to you know be more open about talking about this. And if you don't have anybody to talk to about about death and and you want to, like we're here, we'll talk about it. Lauren will talk about it all day, Heck every yeah. day, twenty four seven. Yeah. So again, thank you for listening. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. My last Walt Disney fact, he is not cryogenically frozen. He didn't put it in his will, so they his family just cremated him. Yep. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our supporters at the evangelist level and above, including Mark, Booney, Lydia, Jamila, Adam, Doe, Gay, Pat, and Joe Lynn. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.